Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NBA. Take the Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. I think the likelihood, Doug, is close to 100%. You know, the NBA has been listening to the concerns of the players over the past few days. You know, as many have noted, they they maintain a really strong relationship with Michelle Roberts and Chris Paul uh, of the Players Union, and, and they're moving forward. That's Chris Mannix on the likelihood of the NBA restart taking place. There's a, about a 125-page document out detailing everything including not reusing a deck of cards. What happens if you test positive? There'll be a second test. If it's negative, it's best two out of three, PK. So they got all the details. What's best two out of three? Uh, What's two out of three? testing. They'll isolate someone if they test positive and test them again the next day. And if that comes back negative, then they'll test them again. Tons of testing. And then retest them and check one more time. Good. Way to go. Two out of three, three out of five, four out of seven. Sure. Uh, Any player who elects not to participate in the Orlando restart required to inform their teams in the NBA by June 24th. So we'll get an idea what the rosters are going to look like and who might be shorthanded. And the league's going to have an anonymous hotline for any potential or actual violations. Guys sneaking off the campus into Orlando, something like that, I guess. I don't know. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Former Oklahoma coach Bob Stoops and longtime Toledo, Missouri coach Gary Pinkle headlined the newest nominees for the College Football Hall of Fame. Dwight Freeney, Champ Bailey, Sebastian Janikowski among the new players on the ballot. Ray Lewis, Carson Palmer, Julius Peppers, Ed McCaffrey had been on before. They'll be on again. PK, the College Football Hall of Fame, man. If there's one hard, hard to get your arms around, guys' reputations obviously uh, change in the pros by the time they get on the ballot. That can get a little tricky. It's probably one I'm least familiar with. Who, who, and who is in and not in the College Football Hall of Fame? Well, maybe you should do some research. You've got plenty of time. That's it. That could be that could be a project. Keep me busy. Go ahead. Mike Gundy issuing. I'm sure your wife will love it. <laughs> Mike Gundy. Don't talk to me. Go look stuff up. Mike Gundy issuing a uh, an apology. This one all by himself when he found out what One American News Network said about Black Lives Movement. He was disgusted. One American News Network getting a lot of pub out of this, PK. Their name recognition ought to go up in their surveys. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it would. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be positive publicity, but certainly they've gotten more. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. That's the goal. Like, I, I got to play. Like, we're taking it one game at a time. I'm not picking ahead. That's what happened in the playoffs. And we ended up losing to the team. People had us favored over. But it's in a given Sunday. You can't underestimate no team, no opponent. And that's what we did. So I'm looking for this 2020 season and the Browns first. There's Lamar Jackson admitting his team, the Ravens, overlooked the Titans in the divisional round of the playoffs. 
He was on the uh, complexes. I don't know what the complex is. That like one American. It's what I have. (laughs) It's a website. It's a website. It's uh, he was on their load management podcast. All right, that's clever. I like that. Said he wants to focus on not peeking ahead this season. Can't get caught by surprise. That's all it was. Well, he's a young kid. I mean, he's just barely getting started. You look at Mahomes, right? He didn't go all the way his first time. Now the second time, (laughs) they were obviously very good, the best. So, to me, you want to talk about future buying uh, stock and who's looking bright or not, I think Lamar Jackson's got to be right at the top of the list. Uh, yeah, they stumbled the first time around, but that's not that unusual. In the, his best years, figure to be well ahead of him. So, if I'm in the Baltimore situation, I'm excited about his future because he had a phenomenal season, really, which you consider certainly a breakout season. And, yeah, they stumbled in the postseason, but in that one-game basis, especially when you're being in a place where you haven't been before, that's not that unusual. You know, if they did it two, three years in a row, that would be something different. Going back to the Chiefs, obviously the second time around, they were a lot better. So I take that in stride, thinking, yeah, okay, that's probably what was going to happen. Now can they get better? That's the goal. They got something that they can build around in young Lamar. So I would think that, you know, they have an opportunity to get better. But even with that in mind, even acknowledging that, given the fact it's a one-game basis and that football can bounce weird different ways, it's hard. I mean, you look at some of the greatest quarterbacks ever. They've got one, and that's it. You know, Steve Young, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees. But you got to like uh, Lamar Jackson going forward. Well, you got to wonder if the NFL is going to get fortunate and get what they had. And this is, I mean, boy, you're really setting the bar high here. But with the Patriots and the Colts, with Brady and Manning, and they're the right ages, and they're off to the right starts in their career, that doesn't mean the career arc will continue. Obviously, injuries, they have enough talent around them, and plus just their own play. Uh, But Mahomes and Jackson, that could be awesome with the Ravens and the Chiefs. Uh, and, And interestingly enough, we'll get to test him on his theory of not looking ahead. The Chiefs and the Ravens play... A Monday night game, uh, it's a third game. And so, will they be 2-0? and Don't overlook Cleveland in the opener. Don't overlook Houston week two, which is on the road. That could be a pretty good test. We'll see how good Houston is. Had some shake up there. But, uh, hey, start grinding right away and be 2-0 and going into that game with the Chiefs, even though the bigger prize is at the end of the year, obviously. Uh, if the NFL Hall of Fame game happens, it's going to happen without fans. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine said yesterday it's scheduled for August 6th in Canton, Ohio. Steelers and the Cowboys, part of the Pro Football Hall of Fame weekend, uh, enshrinement weekend. So, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine weighing in on that. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Yankees president Randy Levine called on the Players Association to resume negotiations with Major League Baseball to start their delayed season. Levine said the money difference between the feuding sides was not the primary obstacle, but he says it's health and safety protocols in determining how to deal with a second wave of the new coronavirus. That comes as news to me, PK. I was pretty sure this was all about the money. You know, once you said negotiation, I got to admit, I tuned you out. (laughs) Uh, there's reports out there. There's six to eight teams that don't want to play the season, and eight's the magic number because they need a 75% vote from the owners. I think the 
players are probably not going to give Randy Levine what he wants to negotiate. Just going to sit back and see what the owners do. All right, what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Hey, PK, got any idea what was going on about 10 years ago? I do, yes. I remember it very, very well. It was an exciting time. The Utes getting the invite to the Pac-12. Pac-10, adding Utah and Colorado. Ten years later, we're looking back. Big memories, challenges, and opportunities going forward as well. Uh, There's some projections out there. We saw them late in the show yesterday. We can get to that, but big money coming for Pac-12 schools. Not as big as the Big Ten and the SEC, but pretty good sized anyway. Also coming up, we got Kyle Collinsworth, former BYU basketball star, and Brian Kilbrowski, NBA reporter for Hoops Hype did their most recent NBA mock draft and had some nice things to say about one of the local college basketball stars. And we will get to him coming up later in the show. He's going to join us at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Master Electrical Services. Master Electrical is always open during this challenging time. Call Master Electrical at 801-543-2222 for upfront pricing and your satisfaction guaranteed. Master Electrical will light up your day. Well, 10 years ago this week, the Utes were invited to join the Pac-10, turn it into the Pac-12. Our question for you this morning, has it been everything you thought it would be? And uh, it's up on our Facebook page. You can hit us up on Twitter, too. David DJ James. And Kevin Savage says, yes. Nothing else, PK. No explanations. No qualifying. Just, yes, it's everything he thought it would be. I disagree. Because? Because I think it's been better. Aha! Why has it been better? Because I think that when you get something that's really, really good and something that you've wanted for a long time, I think when you first get it, it it's still to the point of being too good to be true. Like, I really, really wanted to do sports radio. I mean, really wanted. It was the number one objective. Once I realized that the Dodgers were not going to sign me and I was not going to replace Ron Say, and that was quite a blow that I came to that realization. Uh, I changed my attention to, you know, what can I do for a job? And sports writing was out there, but sports radio was just starting, coming of age, really, just just in bits and pieces, you know, here and there, not stations, not all day, not during the heart of the day, 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. like we have here on The Zone. And I didn't know if, you know, could you actually make a living doing that, and then it comes to pass 18 years later. You know, I did a lot of subbing and rearranged vacations to try to get in. And when I finally got it, it was like it was too good to be true. It was like, you got to be kidding me. This isn't going to last. This isn't real. Something's going to happen. Something's going to curtail this. I'm only going to do this for a short time. 
and it's going to go away. Well, here we are 18 years later. You know, that's probably – sometimes you wonder why you have these dreams. I mean, last night I can vividly recall a dream in which I got fired and the job was taken away from me. There was some type of merger, and I woke up about three times, not in the proverbial cold sweat, but really having a form of anxiety. And now I wonder why. Well, now now I know why, because I was going to hit on this. And at the time, in the middle of the night, I didn't know why. So it was like it was too, too good to be true. Well, here in the beginning, you didn't really know what you were in for. And Kyle Whittingham said, oh, we're prepared. We know this. We know that. Well, that's just him being tough guy. Because they weren't. You know, they followed up a decent halfway season first time around with two five and seven seasons. And they got better. And they're legitimate. And they're here to stay. They are going nowhere. So in my mind, it's better than it was when the announcement first came. Now, some individual sports aren't better. But overall, that's not the point. The point is that you are a full-fledged member of this conference. And you are going to be here. And in my mind, that makes it better yeah you've had a lot of competitive teams particularly in football but just the idea 10 years later that yeah we're in the pac-12 okay it's not about being in the pac-12 it's about competing in the pac-12 that makes it better okay i can i can uh buy a lot of that i always thought they could compete in the pac-12 i didn't know if they could win and you know they've come close the last couple years they haven't done it so i think football's been all that basketball has been really disappointing I thought they were going to come in and you know, just be one of the top three teams every year. I mean, I, I didn't know that they'd go screaming past Arizona or UCLA or beat those guys routinely. They've had really good programs historically. Oregon's come on more than I would have expected. Um, they're they're completely legit. But it's uh, it, I would have never thought they'd just be sitting on a couple of NCAA tournament bursts at this time. So I guess that's been a little disappointing. But I think if you go beyond the competition where it's just been spot on, it's been great, Is it's just been exciting. It's been fun. And, you know, at the end of the Mountain West, it was just kind of humdrum. You know, when the youths went to UNLV in New Mexico, you just knew they were going to win. You know, they were way better. And so it was like, well, how are they going to win? And, you know, what we were doing the show in those days, and it was there was no – there was no pushback like, are they going to win? You know, they had completely separated from the bottom half, even the bottom two-thirds of the conference. So that's been the awesome part about the Pac-12 is that even as programs have been up and down, you know, and UCLA is a glamorous name, but you know, obviously they haven't been very good, but it's still been fun. You know, just uh, the, the thrill of it hasn't really worn off. It is fun to see these different schools. And they don't really have um, – it's not a rivalry in the way that, you know, Oregon and Washington are in the same state and the California schools are in the same metropolitan area. So it's not that, but there's still been a back and forth with some of the schools and, you know, there's a little juice to it. You don't want to slap the rivalry label on it because it's not USC, UCLA, but there's still a little juice to it and it, and it fires everybody up. And that's what was missing in a lot of the Mountain West matchups. So that's been a big win. Yeah, I, I agree. It's been better than expected, man. It's legitimate. It's real. It's here. It's here to stay. It was an exciting time, but it's about long-term happiness and long-term yeah. sustainability and all the benefits that come in from that. And the Utes are right there with everybody. I don't, I, you know, I don't think they necessarily take a backseat to anybody. 
you know, you given games when you win some, you lose some. Yep. Those those things come and go, depending on what you got in the individual situation. But this is a this is an athletic program that it competes, and it's real. And in, in my mind, it's better. You are happy to be there. You're not happy to be there. Happy, you're happy to be there. Sure. I mean, you're, you know, you're happy to get up every day. That's the essence. If you if you're dead, then you're not doing anything. Uh, but beyond that, it's the in the beginning, it was happy to be there. And you know, BYU fans would make fun of the Pac-12 stickers and all that stuff was out there. Okay, you've gotten over that. It's not about Pac-12 stickers. It's really not even so much. That's when you when you know you're arrived to an extent. Uh, it's not about uh, just being grateful to 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 be there and all that. I mean, you actually you may even root for some of the teams to lose in in some national competition. I mean that that's when you know you're full fledged because you know if you're an issue fan, you're not rooting for the U of A. And it doesn't matter what stage they're on. You don't really care about what's good for the conference. Uh, and you look at BYU in the West Coast. I mean, there's still teams there, uh, or still fans. It just they they have to to strive for West Coast respectability. So, in the non-conference in basketball, they're just running out anytime Gonzaga beats somebody or St. Mary's beats somebody, or if they beat a Pac-12 team. They get all excited for the conference. And the Pac-12, it's not a whole lot of that stuff going on. Right, but if a Pac-12 team got into the, and we can't really use you and the Devils because it's just not even close to realistic, but if a Pac-12 team got in the playoff, given how badly, uh, you know, given how poorly people have been talking about the Pac-12 the last couple of years, would even that school's rival root for it to win in the playoffs so the Pac-12 looked better? No. Really? No. No, man. I've lived in two states where there's bitter, bitter rivals. Well, cities, because California, you know, it's separated. I haven't lived. I've been to the Bay Area a million times and had family live there, but I haven't lived there myself where I've lived in the L.A. area and I've lived in uh, Arizona separated by, depending on where you are, it's only about 90 minutes at the most. No, no, you're not. (laughs) Not them. Somebody else, but not them. No, absolutely not. No, there's no question about it. Answer is overwhelming. At no point is a USC fan going to root for the Bruins. Under no circumstances. No, no way. Unless it's changed. And I don't think it's changed. I think it's probably gotten worse. Well, I don't think anything between the schools has changed. What's changed is I don't think the... It's been a long time since the Pac-12, Pac-10, even back to Pac-8 has been dumped on, like this league's been dumped on the last three years. Uh, that would be the only thing that has changed. It, it, it's, it's convenient to do. Yeah. Uh, Chris says, as a longtime Ute fan, I think it's been a terrific move, even though the Pac-12 is being mismanaged. The talent and the competition is light years ahead of the Mountain West, and the Utes have acquitted themselves well. So Chris is all about it, totally on board. Uh, on the flip side, Jeffrey says, I've been disappointed in the way the Pac-12 has fallen a little in the football conversation. be nice to see some programs rebound and ha- help the Pac-12 national image, you know, like UCLA and the Arizona schools. Got a little thumbs up on that one. Uh, yeah, well, you're going to be waiting a good long while. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you really I, I just, want it. If they rebound and you're fifth in the division because the division's so good, do you think that's really great? 
You're, I mean, it sounds good to say you want him to rebound, but come on. You like going into the year thinking that USC game is everything. Thinking you're going to win three well, of the other four, if not yeah, all four. Yeah, but that's up to the... That's up to the other your team to get better. I mean, having other teams suck isn't going to make your team better. Having your team be better is what's going to make your team be better. Brooks says the Pac-12 has lost its shine. Oregon seems to be the big dog. USC gets hyped because of the glory days. But the Pac-12 seems to have taken a step back. More schools need to win consistently besides just those one or two. It's, it's not going to happen, though. The Utah so going to do that's it? Your, Washington isn't going to do it? Stanford did it for a while. Obviously, it's been down for a couple of years now. Three. Well, what did Stanford do? Won the conference. Won the Rose Bowl. Well, every, there's a team every year who wins the conference. Yeah. So what did Stanford do that isn't done every single year? That's my whole point. Stanford hasn't done anything that hasn't been done every single year. They've been the best for a few years. But somebody every year, somebody's the best. So what what have they done that is not being done all the time? I don't understand. Oregon's got the one playoff win, if that's the separation you're looking for. Devin, who, as we know, is an Oregon fan, he's, uh, he's always uh, on social media listening to the show and, and reacting. He says, as an Oregon fan, I will admit the Utes have done much better than I thought they would up to this point. Having said that, Larry Scott's jackass and should have been fired years ago because he's out of touch and the conference is hemorrhaging money. Future of the Pac-12 does not look good with Larry Scott running things. Go Ducks! Yeah, and if the Ducks had won, uh, beaten the Sun Devils, and got in the playoff and won, who cares about Larry Scott? (laughs) (laughs) Just win, baby. As long as Phil Knight is pumping in literally millions every single day, what difference does Larry Scott have anything to do with? I mean, you can rise above the mismanagement of your conference. All you do is win one more game, not lose to the Devils in November, and you're in the playoff. Larry Scott didn't keep you out of the playoff. You did. Brandon Ayuk kept you out of the playoff. Not Larry Scott. They got one receiver who's really good, and you let him get deep late in the game. And it was like third and sixteen. Come on, Larry. Where was your cover two? That was a horrendous <laughs> defensive call by Larry Scott. <laughs> so, I mean, if you, what what is your definition then? I mean, I, the, the way I look at the conference is this is the conference is balanced. And I just gave you the example of the Devils beating Oregon. That doesn't happen in these other conferences. So, that's the curse. And the fact that well, Utah, you who wants Utah in? Well, yeah, because they don't have the population base and their games are getting over at 12:30 at night back east. That's never going to change. There's never going to have the population base here. No matter how much you people re- procreate and hatch, you're doing a fine job, but it's time to get going now, okay? It's been a while. <laughs> what do you got? Two kids hatch? <laughs> What, uh, we're free at 8.30. Can you give us a schedule for three and four? Oh, and then uh, thumbs up or thumbs down on is five an option? Uh, let me yeah, get going here. We can do. Let's go. Well, uh, it's not going to be we. It's going to be you.
Uh, well, so by the time Utah gets to five million people, which are the projections, you know, by then Arizona will be at ten million anyway. So even though Utah's growing, well, so's Colorado and so's Arizona, and on it goes. And the games are going to start at at a quarter to nine. That's they've sold their souls for television. Everybody has. It's just that we're in the time uh, location in which they're that much later. So it's bad news. When you, when you think about it, you know, the Mountain West or the Mountain Time Zone is probably the worst time zone to be in for for the starting of the games. Yes, we see it in the NBA playoffs, and we see it, you're right, because it's programmed to fit in with the West Coast. You know, have a 7.30 game, have it in prime time. But their games are in, in a 10.30 or 11. And our games starting at 8.30 are going until 11.30 or midnight. Yes. I usually get home around 1.30 for a Utah game and about 2.30 for a BYU game. That's just the way it is. And then you got these kids who got to fly, and it's just it's a nightmare. And they complain about it. You whine about it, but you know it's not going to change. And so those issues are always going to be there. So the Pac-12 is going to confront these issues for who knows how long. It seems like the league every week is going to have at least two late games and maybe three. And the only option for escaping it, really, is either to be uh, what they were last year, where they had a good year and then they built on it with another really good year. And so then they had the status where they could get a the rare 130 game in Washington, or Fox has, I think, like a 5 o'clock kick time, and ABC has a 6 o'clock kick time. If you get in one of those windows, but you got to be good – and you can't be surprising good because you got to have, you not only have to be good, you have to have a little bit of a rep. So, you know, you need to be good a couple of years in a row to get into that. Or if you just completely suck, then you get to play the noon games, but nobody wants to be sixth in the division. But that's the time slot they keep, you know, putting Oregon State and Colorado in the last couple of years. Noon yeah. game on the Pac 12 network, which, you know, that just irritates a bunch of the fans because they can't see the Pac 12 network and they have direct TV. There you go. You got that issue, too. And yeah. it doesn't look like that's changing. I mean, that was the big thing. Every time Larry would come into town or I'd go out on the road and he'd hold a press conference at halftime or before the game, just to, you know, over to the side in the press box area, that was one of the first questions. Well, I've been doing this for a long time now, and nobody asks that question anymore. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> knows the answer. Yeah. Right, right. You know, it's it such a big deal at the time. First several years, I, I, many instances of standing off to Larry's side either way, and folks would start asking about that, and, and he would go on about that. But nobody even brings that up anymore. So we basically wave the white flag there, I guess. Yep. Uh, I would like to see, to me, if you're in, if you're in the top, uh, 10 of the college football playoff poll that they can't start your game later than 6 o'clock local time. Uh, that's, create some kind of come some kind of rule that because that, at that point you're deep into October and into November and so you want maximum exposure for your teams or team that's in that situation and I think that would be if they could do something like that yeah, I think if you're uh, I think if you're USC in Oregon and you have the rep, and with USC obviously you have that population base in LA, then that that's pretty much how it works out. You get a lot of those one thirty five and six o'clock times. You you still get a couple of the late games when you're playing really bad teams. When you're Utah, you really have to be really good 
and playing a glamour team from a bigger market. You know, the Washington, you know, Washington had a rep. They'd won the league twice in three years, and Chris Peterson was a national name. So that helped him get that early earlier kickoff time up in Seattle. But so it's pretty hard to do here when it goes back to what you said about the population base and three million people. Until you're yeah, I just wish that they would forget about that and put in the quality of the game to, yeah. for the advancement and the exposure of the conference. And But other than that, if you're looking for forms of change in the conference, I just don't see it. You know, I don't care who the conference manager is. Yeah, I mean, the excess spending is ridiculous, and it's a bad look. It's just absolutely a bad look. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's a – they didn't really change that. Now, I think the thing that is worse than the excess spending is the replay and who was in charge and having guys call people up from their home to get to oh, change that call, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. That was I mean, that luck. that yeah. was just that was far worse than paying ridiculous rent for some uh, penthouse in the financial district of uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I'd prefer they didn't do that. But that that is small in terms of my complaints compared to some of the nonsense that they were doing there that got exposed. And that to me, that was far more egregious because that was affecting competition and coaches were talking about it and complaining about it. Uh, you know, I haven't heard any coach saying, well, what are they doing on that fifth floor down in that building? And I, maybe they do it to, on their own in their own, to their ADs or what have you. But I haven't heard anybody complain about that. It's all about the plays and the replays and the competition itself as opposed to the financial end of it. To me, I'd stick them in Bakersfield. <laughs> uh, you, don't need, you don't need to be in all that stuff and all that ridiculousness. But I can live with that if you got all the other stuff in a, in a row and they've had a bunch of problems there. And that's become a joke. And... I, it, it's become such a joke that when it's in basketball, you hear, oh, Pac-12 refs. Well, there's no such thing as Pac-12 refs in basketball. You know, they referee all many conferences. It's, but but it's become so bad in football that it's carried over. Pac-12 umpires. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and that same thing there. They umpire a whole a whole bunch of different conferences, but it's carried over. So as far as Utah goes, man, that was that was awesome 10 years ago because I had heard I can't remember if it was like two weeks. Was it a month earlier that they were going to be in if Texas and Oklahoma said no? And then and I can remember talking with somebody about that. Uh, and the coach was like, oh, I don't even want to talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted it so bad, or she? Yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. And I can recall having uh, texting back and forth. Uh, well, you know more than I do. And, you know, I didn't have as much stake in it, although I certainly wanted it. There's no question I wanted it. I wanted it bad for my own selfish reasons because I'm a Pac-10, Pac-12 guy. I always have been. You know, it's the it's my conference. And so I can remember going back and forth. Ah, you're in, you're in. Oh, you know more than I do. Why are you so sure? Why are you saying that? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, and so just going back and forth saying, yeah, it's, it, as long as this over here happens, that when they say no, the Colorado's already been on board, you're really the only candidate. There's, there, wasn't, there wasn't really a whole lot of consideration for anybody else but the U of U. And so it was a no-brainer. 
that 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 was going to happen. Once that other thing that other thing needed to occur, and I wasn't sure if that was going to occur or how that was going to play out. It seemed like a long shot in my mind because it seemed so over the top bold that it didn't seem like it was possible that they were at Texas and was actually going to say yeah, and we'll take uh, whomever and we'll go over there and form that 16 member conference. It just didn't seem like. In my mind, it was going to happen. And sure enough, when it didn't happen, once they said no, then I was like, hey, man, you guys are in. So at that point, it became a formality. And once they said no, I don't remember what the time frame was. Was it two weeks? How long was it between the time of they said no and then the official invite came? I can't remember. But that at that point, it was a formality. A formality to the point where I was actually in Mexico on the day of the announcement. Because uh, my wife had a birthday, and her birthday's coming up this weekend, and we went to Puerto Vallarta to celebrate. Because I was sure that it was going to happen. So the actual announcement day and that celebration in the capital and what have you, I wasn't even in the state. Uh, Because it was, at that point, once those two teams said no, it was going to happen. And it did happen. And it's been awesome. It's been better than I expected. More people weighing in on social media. Jamie throwing cold water on the whole thing, PK. Go Cougars. Utah might have joined the Pac-12, but it's still a step below the power conferences conferences in the country. We all know it's the P4, and then the Pac-12, and then the G5. Except that in the right down in the November there, they had two teams in the top six, top yep. seven. So that's not true. <laughs> And I don't have to go back and look how many of the other conferences outside of the SEC had multiple teams. Well, not the in ACC because it was six or seven. It was Clemson and nobody else. So not as the, it tends to be. Yeah, not the ACC. Yeah, I mean, Clemson just destroyed Virginia in the title game. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't even competitive. Yeah. Now, obviously, Oregon destroyed Utah in that way too, and it wasn't competitive. The Big 12 had Oklahoma, and then they had somebody bouncing around like uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, somewhere in there. Yeah, was it Baylor? Yeah, I think it was. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Oh, go ahead. And Big Big 10 had Penn State there for a bit. Yes. Matt says, uh, well, right when the Utes got into the Pac-12, the rest of the conference tanked, and the Utes almost rose to the top, so... Yeah, it's been perfect. <laughs> go Cougars or go Aggies. <laughs> yeah, it's been nice since the conference sucks so bad. Let you guys win a few. Uh, when they first got in, the conference was down, and then they've had some, they've had some issues, particularly in the South. Man, the slew of coaches. It's not like it's been a dominant conference or division by any stretch. I'm not going to sit here and and lie about it. Utah's done some very nice things. But here recently, and that's what we tend to remember the most, uh, the division has been mediocre at best. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you think about it. It tells you how the division has been mediocre is that Herm Edwards is getting all this praise, and I think his record in conference is 500. Praise for what? Doing what virtually every other coach there since the 80s has done? (laughs) an average football program, and boy, we were wrong about Herm Edwards. 
Well, the, the, the jury's way still out on Herm Edwards, as far as I'm concerned. He's a nice guy, and he gets a ton of run, and he's a motivational dude when he speaks and all that stuff. I get it. But in terms of accomplishment out on the field, I think they've been okay. It's not like they've been overwhelming, but they're more often than not, that's exactly who they are. They've been okay. But it just tells you that relative to two or three other teams in the, conference, in the division, yeah, they look really good because <laughs> you're comparing it to garbage, basically, and the constant coaching changes that have gone on all over the place. And who knows? you know. And, and two, one of the reasons I think he gets praised is Chip Kelly and someone were thought to be, oh, they're just awesome, and look at what these guys are doing. They're bringing this guy. He's playing shuffleboard in Florida, and they're bringing him aboard. Well, someone and Chip Kelly haven't done squat. And so now they can argue, particularly in the case of Sumlin, he's fighting for his job. I mean, that program has been awful. Arizona's, it, was, yeah. it was bad and it's gone worse. Well, Arizona's been awful. UCLA has had its worst decade in, I don't know. What, Decades. What, 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 right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe the 70s, they had a pretty bad run there for a while. Uh, kind of up and down there. I mean, this, this has been, especially like these last five years or so, have just been terrible for UCLA. Hey, Terry Donahue isn't walking through that door. Boom, there it is. <laughs> it's whoop, there it is. How many times I got to tell you? Now, this, that's for the pros. This is for the college, it's boom. Uh, whoop is pros, boom for college. Pepper Rogers isn't walking through that, that door. Look at you. <laughs> and I don't even know it was Pepper Rogers good. I just remember there was a cool name. Uh I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Pepper Rogers uh two and seven, eight and three, nine and two. And then out three years. Oh, he's only there three years? Three years and out. <laughs> oh. I had in my mind he was there for like fifteen, but so sure what I know. He went to Georgia Tech, hit the road. And that's, oh. that's how Dick Vermeil got the job. Okay, Dick Vermeil. He did. Dick Vermeil isn't walking. Dick Vermeil was there for a long time, wasn't no, he? No, he was there two years and took off two the years? NFL. Yeah. That's he, it? He went 6-3-2, and two, and then he went 9-2-1. and one. They won the Rose Bowl. They beat Ohio State. They ranked fifth in the country, and he took the Eagles' job and left. He was 15-5 and five with three ties. Aren't we glad they have overtime? Because I don't know what to make of 15-5-3. and three. That's a lot of guys. That's uh, unsatisfactory. I have when I was working for Daily Breeze, there was a kid who uh, uh, played. He he wasn't uh, Vermeil or the the uh, health uh, medical people wouldn't clear him, so he went someplace else. I don't even know why I was doing the story, but I was doing the story, and it was a look back story. And I wanted to get in touch with Vermeil. So I went through this guy, that guy, this guy, blah, blah, blah. I get Vermeil's number. He's retired. I call him up to ask him a question. How'd you get this number? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's my job. I'm supposed to figure this stuff out. Yeah, he was so hot at the start. And I, well, do you want me to hang up? (laughs) And he calmed down. Uh, and answered the questions, but he was just very aggressive as to how some reporter working for the Daily Breeze, a suburban newspaper in the Los Angeles area, got his home phone. There were no cell phones back then. This would have been the early 90s, and I don't even remember how I got it. Somehow I got I got some guy that he coached with. I can't even remember, but I just know he was very aggressive toward me at the beginning that I actually had his phone number.
So while you were doing that, I just scanned UCLA. They've won 17 games in four years. The last time, it looks like, just off the top of my head here, scrolling through it, it looks like the last time they had a four-year run with 17 wins was 1961 through 64. But they're only playing 10 games a year. They went to the Rose Bowl one of those years. So this is really UCLA at its worst here. And, and Colorado at its worst, too. Colorado hasn't been this bad in, in 40 or 50 years as well. So they, they really are way down right now. Yeah, the problem with Colorado is so many of their guys are playing intramurals. <laughs> intramurals, brother. Is that uh, three coaches ago now or four? I, I got to look that oh, up. They've geez, been going probably, through them so fast. Yeah, I mean, McIntyre, Embry, uh, Tucker. Tucker, and so now three. Durrell. Yeah, four yeah. with Durrell now. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Coming up at 8.30, Kyle Collinsworth, former BYU basketball star, is going to talk college hoops, NBA hoops, and he is all about the diet, the health, and the fitness. We'll talk with Kyle, Kyle, uh, Kyle Winningham. Kyle Collinsworth, coming up at 8.30. Stay with us. With a little extra time on your hands, it's time to talk about what we're doing to kill time. What did you watch last night with DJ and PK on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network? Too much time on my hands. Too much time on my Join the big show at the warehouse Friday. From 2 till 7 p.m., 86 East University Parkway in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow, blow your mind. Boom! I love it. Boom! At the warehouse. All right, PK, you watching anything good last night? Get anything that entertained you? Anything that caught your eye? No, DJ, I really didn't. So, PK, welcome you, back. <laughs> did you get anything last night on TV that entertained you? Did you see anything that caught your attention? Yes. Absolutely, 100%. What was it? I watched the Pac-12, and it's in line with what we're talking about here. I watched, you just talked about how UC Los Angeles sucked and has sucked. Well, I watched them, and... Utah in 2013, and they had Paul Perkins as a running back. Uh, his brother, Bryce Perkins, was the quarterback for Bronco at Virginia. And they had Huntley, two uh, Chandler, Arizona kids. And they came up to Rice Eccles and won. And the startling difference is the level of talent. You take somebody like they had their running backs, I think, were a kid named Radley. Was it Boo Radley? And another kid named Norwood. They were little guys. I think York was also in there. And versus compared to what they've had here recently. Yeah, with Moss. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's just no way that Zach Moss is coming from Florida unless Utah is in the Pac-12. It's just not happening. There's just no way. And they get their hands up being a leading rusher of all time in the program history. And I think, what, he just signed with the NFL the other day. So you look at this situation that they've got. Now versus then in 2013, which would have been what their so they were invited in 10. Their first season was 11, so that would have been their third season, right? So that would have been the second five and seven team, if I remember correctly, right? 
and the level of talent as they and they were three years in it to at that point. So it wasn't like they were totally brand new, but compare it to now, wow, it is so much more advanced. It's really just not even close. And as I'm watching that game, that's the thing that is striking to me is that the amount of talent they have and the size and all the things that go with it. And they had some cornerbacks that the Bruin receivers were just running over and running by. And not that that's not the case now. Now, it's a couple of things. Obviously, the other program has slipped greatly. But it's more about Utah and its program and the advancement and the levels that they're on now to the point where you're getting how many guys got drafted this year? What was it? Was it seven? Yeah, I think it was seven when it was all said and done. Yeah. That's just amazing. It's amazing, you know. They 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 probably didn't have seven guys to play in the NFL off of that team combined in all their classes. Let alone, well, it wasn't just one class uh, because obviously Jalen Johnson was a junior. His eligibility, he left on the table to go play professionally. Uh, but the whole program, I I don't know that they had. I think Nate Orchard was on that team, so he played in the NFL and still is. I think he's with is he with Miami now. Uh, I think so, but the, the improvement that they made and have made, it's just dramatic. And as you, if you're a Ute fan, you've, I think you've got to be pleased. I think you very much have to be pleased. There's some frustration, sure, I understand that because you've gotten to the, to the top the last two years and you haven't been able to get over, and that leads to frustration. I wouldn't worry so much about the bowl game losses. Because obviously the hangover there is so strong to the point where all nine teams in the conference that have lost the Pac-12 title game have lost their bowl games. Now that's just that's too many to be a coincidence. I think I think there's obviously something there that is leading to that defeat when they get to that point. So the fact that you've gone 0-4 the last two years, I sort of throw out the count. I get it, but I throw out those bowl losses and to an extent blame them on the hangover of the Pac-12 title game because you want to play in the Rose Bowl. And there's nothing wrong with the Holiday Bowl and the Alamo Bowl, but obviously they don't compare to the Rose Bowl. And you had that opportunity, and you just didn't get it done and not happening there in the bowl games. So there is some frustration there. But overall, the level of talent has just been impressive. You know, the thing, I guess, that watching one of those old games shows you is how quickly things change because – Dudes had back-to-back five and seven seasons. That would have been their second team. They've been bowling every year since then. They really only had one year that was even within shouting distance of that year. You know, a couple of years ago, they decided to go with a sophomore quarterback, and, and they went seven and six. But other yes. than that, uh, you know, the, the other five seasons have been light years in front of that. And at the same time, you look at UCLA, and they're in the middle of, uh, let's see, that was a 10-win season. And they backed it up with another 10-win season. And they right. were six and three in conference three years in a row, 2012, 13, and 14. So that would have been the middle of the year. And then it just all falls apart. Five and four, two and seven, four and five, three and six, four and five. Brutal. Yeah. So I nothing, would say nothing lasts forever. When you're up, enjoy it because there's no guarantee it's going to last. And when you're down, don't freak out too much because there's no guarantee that's going to last either. I would say that it's 
I would put the word can rather than how quickly things change is how quickly things can change. Yeah, you're right, because we were just talking about uh, Colorado and what's happened this decade, and you're just waiting for it to change. And it did one year. I mean, they had the one good year where they won 10 games, went 8-1, and one and won the division. But other mm-hmm. than that, yes. just a whole string of 0-9s, 1-8s, 2-7s. I mean, they won one game. They went 8-1 they went that year, and in the three years since then – and the uh, two years before that, they won eight games total in the conference. They got 16 wins in the conference in the last six years. They got eight of them in one season and eight of them in the other five. That uh, it, sucks. It's just been awful. So you're right. It can change. And it, it can change at Colorado. It just it hasn't. And going through three coaches in three years, McIntyre, Tucker, and now Durrell, you know, that, that doesn't figure to help. Nope. They are sitting on 20 Pac-12 wins. Nine years in the league, they've won 20 conference games. And they won eight of them in one season. Ugh. Been hard times. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.